Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to episode number 18 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Tyler Jones here with you. So glad to have you with us. It is another show, another week, and we're pleased to be joined by Joe Dan Bailey. We're going to get to know Joe and tell his story and get his insights on the racing world. But before we do that, we bring in David. David, another week, an off week for you. How's everything going, man? Man, just been busy. I've had some sponsor meetings and catching up, being a dad, being a husband, and doing a lot of honeydews. Been a lot going on, but man, what an exciting weekend it was, especially yesterday, uh, watching the truck race at Bristol and the cup race. That was pretty exciting, but, uh, but man, it was, I, I welcomed the off weekend. I love to race. I'd race every night if I could, but, uh, but it's not, uh, not bad to have an off weekend where you can catch up being a dad and a husband. So, uh, I've been busy doing that and catching up on some sporting events and some practices and stuff like that. You know, normal stuff that we uh, we don't really get to do every weekend because we're on the road racing. And before we get any further in today's show, I want to remind the folks that we are presented by Whataburger. Don't forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot and prepared, just like you like it. Want jalapenos and cheese on that? No problem. They've got you covered. Whataburger, proud to serve it hot and fresh. 24 hours a day. Dominic Oregon from TheRacingExperts.com is here in his bright Whataburger orange. Dom, how we doing, man? Man, I'm, I'm always sporting the Whataburger colors, right? The orange on the podcast. I got to give a shout out to Italia Pino. She makes these awesome shirts and she really delivered on this one. So that's <laughs> for you guys too, Dave and Tyler. But these are going great here in Grants, New Mexico. We're finally warming up. We're not having snow in the forecast as a possibility every week. So we're finally hitting those spring temperatures. Awesome to be a part of the podcast here. And, man, it's a lot of fun. You look like the dirt at Bristol, Dom. (laughs) 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 Which transitions us to look back at Sunday's race, or actually Monday's race, rather, as uh, the dirt put on quite the show. Uh, David, it was kind of a mess to to get it all together, but – once it all unfolded on Monday, it seemed like that NASCAR put a pretty good product out there. What'd you make of the Bristol dirt race with Joey Logano coming out the victor? Man, you know, a lot of surprises there. You know, I, th- I thought NASCAR and the Bristol Motor Speedway, I thought they did a great job. You got to take away the weather. You know, we can't control the weather. But, you know, just uh, the way practice uh, turned out on Friday afternoon, and to see how it all played out, man, I, I know there was so many people. You didn't even have to have to, have to be, a, be a, a race fan that follows NASCAR. I had a bunch of friends of mine that aren't big racing people that were really tuned into the race and asked me a lot of questions today about it. But uh, I thought NASCAR, the racing teams, the crew chiefs, the engineers, the drivers, I mean, the drivers, just everybody involved to, to put on a dirt race, which, you know, I, I could be wrong. They, I think – the last one they had in NASCAR was 1970. Richard Petty won it. But, man, you look at, uh, you know, you look at what uh, you know, Martin Truex done in the truck series winning that race. I mean, I was really just surprised how well he did on the dirt and, and others, you know. And, and then you have your dirt track racers that grew up on the dirt that still race in dirt that were in the truck race and in the cup race. And, and to see how – our superstars of our industry, you know, you talk about the, the NASCAR Cup Series, the best race car drivers in the world, and man, that's, that is so true. You know, you just look at, you know, you look at Joey Logano and just what all the drivers did, and you look at uh, 
Christopher Bell and Cal Larson, you know, they ended up getting in a wreck and things happened. But man, I, I was really what really uh, that really steps out in my mind after the race was over was how good the drivers did. And uh, I don't think Joey Logano or Martin Truex have, I mean, they don't have, you can probably count on one hand how many times they've been on a dirt track. So man, it was exciting. And uh, I'm glad they're going to do it again next year. I just hope to take the Xfinity series and we get to be part of that weekend. But, uh, but it was exciting. Yeah, certainly was uh, Dominic, uh, Joey Logano, gets the win, and he goes from the broadcast booth doing our job to victory lane three hours later. Just remarkable what Logano did and another winner in 2021. That makes six winners now in the first six cup races of 2021, or seven, six or seven, six races in? Seven. Seven. See, I'm even losing track of the races. We have so many (laughs) winners to talk about. But that trend of the last two weeks, Ryan Blaney being a – driver analyst in Atlanta and then going out and winning Joey Logano being a driver analyst at Bristol and now winning. So man, do you feel like a lot of drivers are going to try to line up and be in the broadcast? (laughs) Can't blame them. We might have to call up Fox and see if they can send David up. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Put you up uh, in the truck booth with uh, Vince and Mikey. That'd be a lot of fun, actually. Uh, Absolutely, it would. (laughs) This week's guest is Joe Dan Bailey. And, David, I want you to introduce the world to Joe. What should folks know about Joe before we bring him in? Man, Joe Dan Bailey's from Houston, Texas. I, I think Joe Dan will share with us, but, you know, he's a great guy, great friend. But, man, you know, I knew his dad first, H.B. Uh, Bailey from Houston, Texas. If you're a race car person or, you know, as a kid growing up, H.B. Bailey, A.J. Foyt, Ronnie Chumley, uh, you know, uh, Johnny Rutherford. You talk about Texas race car drivers. H.B. Bailey was in there, too, and H.B. was, man, what a character, what a great guy he was and a great race car driver. But Joe Dan Bailey, man, Joe Dan, I can't wait for everybody to hear his story because, man, what he's done in our industry, I'm proud of him. I I mean, I'm from Texas, and there's not many that come out of our great state of Texas that go on and have successful careers in NASCAR racing, you know, and Joe Dan is – He's done a lot. He's a head engineer there at, uh, at uh, Toyota Racing Development on the Xfinity side. And, you know, he's been with Roger Penske, Richard Childress Racing. And he's, he's just done a lot. So let me stop bragging on him and bring Joe Dan Bailey in. Hey, Joe, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, doing well, guys. Uh, thank you all for asking me on tonight. And I'm excited about talking uh, about racing. Um, yeah, it was a uh, – y'all were talking about Bristol a little bit earlier. It was a great show there yesterday. It's a little dirty, a little dusty, but NASCAR <laughs> did a great job of getting it in there. Um, we, uh, you know, the effort that they put in to turn that track around where it went from Friday in practice and that uh, dry slick as bad as it was to uh, then the monsoon and the flood. Uh, if you look on my social media on Facebook, you'll see some of the photos um, of that cloud coming in. It looked like um, – Armageddon's fixing to hit, and um, the bus, I uh, work out of a bus, the bus was rocking back and forth, the wind was blowing so hard, and then, uh, and then they sent us home for a day, and then we come back on Monday, and they put on one heck of a show, and Martin and uh, the KBM truck, um, that's one of our Toyota trucks, he went and he found grip wherever he needed to find grip, and uh, probably had one of the best vehicles, I'm going to say on both races, 
the KBM 51 was the best vehicle all weekend as far as going and finding grip and being able to turn to the bottom from the top and do what he wanted to with it. It was pretty incredible. Joe, Dad, it was it was unbelievable. I was so impressed with the 51 and Mark Truex Jr. You know that 51 Kyle Busch Motorsports truck is always strong, but uh, but man, like you said, he could run high, he could run low, he could run down on the bottom. And man, that thing would rotate in the center and have some great forward bite. It was just so impressive to watch. But Joe Dan, will you share with all our listeners and everybody, what is your role today? You know, you're talking about Kyle Busch and Mark Truex Jr. and all these guys. Will you share with us what your involvement is with Toyota and NASCAR today? Currently, I'm the senior engineer for the trucks and for Xfinity for Toyota Racing Development. I travel each week, um, whichever series is there. Um, like I said, I was with uh, the Bristol Dirt Track last week, and uh, earlier today I was working on the Xfinity Talladega race a month out, you know, um, getting reports ready for that. Um, I generate a certain amount of reports um, for the teams, try to uh, prepare them, give them all the information they possibly can have uh, for when they go into the show. So they're um, um, not only a reminder of what happened in the past, but also what to anticipate, uh, do all the tire reports for both series. Um, just so they know on the camera and, and caster and the toe and that, um, and just, uh, try to help prepare them as much as possible. And, um, you know, it was just like the other day I'm in victory lane, um, at the Bristol truck race, take a picture of the right rear of the 51 and I'm turning around, I'm sending it to Adam Stevens and Ben Bashore and, and James Small and the, the cup crew chiefs there, uh, wills, um, over on the 23, you know, and telling them, um, Hey, this happened in the last 20 laps because I talked to Martin and that. So you try to you try to do as much prep work to be ready for it, um, anticipate what's going to change, and then also send it to the next level for the next event, whether it's a cup event, Xfinity event, or whatever happens after that. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm, I've been very fortunate. Um, Back in the early 80s, uh, grew up in Texas. And Tyler, the name is Joe Dan. I was born in Texas, so I'm allowed to have two names. Okay, so <laughs> Joe Dan Bailey, not Joe. Okay, but anyway, uh, <laughs> that's my joke. Um, they actually say I was named after the motel a mile away from the racetrack in Shreveport, Louisiana, the Joe Dan Motel. But anyway, um, back in the early 80s, we uh, – um, you know, with Greg Davison at, at San Antonio Speedway and doing the All-Pro Series, and, uh, working with my dad, uh, a longtime racer, uh, Texas, uh, Texas World Speedway. And then in 85, um, a guy by the name of Dick Bear, his brother was Bob Bear that owned New Hampshire Motor Speedway. Dick Bear was running a cup car up here and uh, asked me to come up and work with those guys. So I came up here in 85, moved up here in 85, did that. We ran Little Walter in 86 uh, for Rookie of the Year. Um, and then I went over to Bob Whitcomb Racing. Uh, my first win was a Daytona 500 in 1990 with Derek Cope. Uh, we won another one uh, later that year at Dover with DC. And then um, um, Childress tabbed me in 92. And I went over there and we won two championships with um, – uh, Richard Childress and Dale Earnhardt Sr., uh, his number six and number seven. Wow. Um, left there, went to Michael Cranifus, which ended up becoming Penske Cranifus, and just went on. And I've been, I've been real fortunate as a team member. 
I've won, um, I think, 35 cup races um, as a TRD uh, senior engineer. I've got over 200 truck wins and 100 Xfinity wins in that range or whatever. And just it's just part of a great organization. Um, Toyota, it was funny, somebody uh, made the point this past weekend at Bristol. So we knew of three people that have raced Bristol in asphalt, concrete, and dirt. And it's myself, Slugger Labby, which also works for TRD, and Andy Graves, which also works for TRD. Wow. You know, Toyota is, it, you know, we're young in the sport compared to a lot of guys, but we bring it, we total a lot of experience with us. Absolutely. So anyway, yeah, so that, that was kind of cool to uh, be put in that group, which means I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> Or experienced. <laughs> that's that's what I told my boss today. I said the politically the politically correct term is surface experienced. <laughs> that, that, that sounds good. Hey, that works. Yeah, man, man, Joe, Dan, you, uh, golly, man, just hearing your all the successes and wins, and you know, one thing I know about Toyota because I was once a Toyota driver. Uh, you know, that, that manufacturer, that organization, what they bring to the just auto racing, NASCAR racing when they first came in, it's amazing, you know. But one of the things I do know about Toyota, they surround themselves with very, very talented, uh, I would say, just sharp, brilliant people, you know what I mean? The whole racing program as I know it. And, uh, man, you fit right in there with them, man. So it's no surprise that Joe Dan Bailey is the head engineer, man. It's uh, interesting to hear what that what that role, what that entails, you know, how detailed that is and to uh, all the work that goes and all the, I guess, all the information you feed the teams way prior to going to a racetrack. And then once you find out what the trends and what's going on and then just share it with the cup guys, it's pretty interesting to hear all that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really an honor to work with the people I, I work with. And you know what you were just saying right there? I've been, I've been very fortunate. I've worked with people like Buddy Parrott and Tim Brewer and, you know, and Richard Childress with those guys. And, um, you know, those guys are legends, without a doubt. But also with that, the one thing that they've taught me throughout the years, and I've tried to always relate to the teams, and you can see it with Coach Gibbs. Coach Gibbs is a great example of this. You're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, which I feel honored right now, okay, with the people I'm surrounded with on this podcast. But anyway. <laughs> Man, we got to have Joe Dan. We need him around more often. <laughs> no, but but really, um, you know, you uh, you sit there and you're, you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with, and you got to depend on them. You got to believe in them and um, let them do their job. And then also know that um, Mark Conquest, the head engine builder over at Joe Gibbs Racing, he goes, he goes, like this, I want people that if I tell them, let's go and we're running towards the edge of the building, I want them to run just as hard as I am right off the edge of the building, knowing that I've got a cushion on the other end to catch them. And then once we get down there, then they can ask me, why'd we do that? Okay, but until we get the task done, it's full steam ahead. You know, and, and that's kind of what we are. When Andy Graves comes and, and, you know, and he needs something done, you know, it's not time to question it. It's time to go, this is what we're going to do, and, and we're going to do it full speed. 
because the man's smart enough that we know he's got a purpose. We know that he's leading us as a competition director into the right way. And, and that's what we, that's what we're doing. We believe in the people around us, you know, and the drivers, the teams and everything. You look yesterday, Marty's, uh, or not Marty, but Martin Truex. He had a short track race. You know who his crew chief was? Marty Lindley. Wow. You recognize the last name? Yeah. Butch Lindley? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, here's a short track racer, okay? You know, yesterday completed a five-race win streak for him at Bristol on different surfaces and different stuff. No, but everybody missed that. Marty told me in victory lane, he goes, he goes, yeah, this is my fifth in a row up here. I'm like, that's awesome. But it's the whole short track knowledge, bring it to it, set the truck up, and parlay it. So, you know, Kyle is the same thing. He surrounded himself with good people there, with with Eric Phillips and, and – um, you know, Danny Stockman and, and Marty Lindley, um, crew chiefs, and, you know, and that's, that's wow. a, really our, our MO. You got you to gotta have good people around you to, to be successful. Absolutely. And it shows up on Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. You look at Toyota and the, the drivers that pull into victory lane, and you, well, you know why. Just listen to Joe Dan speak and tell us, you know, kind of what his role is. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. Well, then to add on to that, David, it, it amazes me, uh, Joe Dan, that, you know, here's the Toyota organization by numbers in the Cup Series has the least amount of teams of anybody, right? But right. you guys put quality over quantity, that all those teams are competitive in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of that goes back to what you guys are doing at TRD to put the best product to, to help everybody out there, make sure everybody's on the same page of sorts. Yeah. And, and, and that's absolutely true. You know, we, we, we hit um, um, quality over quantity is, is just as a, a fact. We've got the best people, you know, we went out and we got Joe Gibbs racing a year after we got into it and, you know, and, and seeing the potential there and, coaches um um you know resume coming in what he did you know in football and everything he he proved he was a winner the type of people that you want around around you you know and that was that was the whole thing we don't need a ton of people we just need really good people and that was what we tried to do and it's it's bit us a couple of times you know um in the Xfinity series our number one thing is to have uh, the manufacturer's championship. In all three series, we want to win the manufacturer's championship. That's us. And with that, um, we have three cars that run in Xfinity at the top level in Gibbs. And uh, you go to the road course and something happens. Somebody comes barreling through there and takes out a half a dozen cars or whatever because they missed a turn. And all of a sudden, you're getting a 15th uh, place finish in points. And, th and that stuff you can't make up because – a lot of these guys, whenever they go on a uh, engine blowing spree, um, you know, they've got their sixth place guy is moving up where when we have the only three bullets in the chamber and something adverse happens like that, then, you know, we had to take a big points hit. And that's probably one of our, our biggest downfalls is we don't have the points accumulators to win the manufacturer championship. But when we do, it's off the hook. Uh, we're doing it in truck right now. Uh, we're five for five in truck. Ben Rhodes has come out just, you know, with a dagger. Um, won the Daytona, um, the two, first two races at Daytona. Mm -hmm. Then KBM's been on the last three with John Hunter and Kyle and Martin. And 
you know, those guys have been outstanding. And that little kid that um, uh, drove the 18 car down on the Daytona Road course, you heard of him before, Ty, Ty Gibbs. Uh, that was, <laughs> How about that? First race of the of ever that he run and he goes out and he wins it. You know, but when you look at it, though, and Ty is an outstanding talent, but he's sitting there and his crew chief is Chris Gill. For the people that don't know, and even though he's a University of Arkansas alumni, so you got to kind of get a little iffy there. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of college basketball. Goes on anyway, um, you know, his car was outstanding. Um, and Ty could do what he wanted to do with that car. He could throttle it up. But the kid sat there, and he chased down the leader. I think the 22 was leading it. I can't remember who was leading it. But anyway, and uh, he chased him down, got close to him, but he used his tires up so that he backs off a second. And then all of a sudden, with five to go, he goes and gets back on it again um, after he lets his tires cool. How does an 18-year-old kid do that? I mean, that is just incredible. Um, good coaching. Um, great car, great team around him, and just a ton of confidence. So, you know, we're, we're really looking for Ty coming up. Um, we, we feel like he's a, um, you know, the next step in another Chris Bell, like Christopher Bell was, um, or is, I should say, because Christopher won that same weekend. So, you know, we're, we're just very fortunate to be around a lot of good people. And that's, that's my whole deal. I, I did that whole thing about winning this and winning that, but I've rode some great coattails. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm serious. Dell Senior was was outstanding. Um, the guys, you know, KB, uh, Kyle Bush, and, and Martin, and those guys that I have to deal with now, or that I deal with now, incredible. I'm just blessed to uh, to be around those guys. Well, Joe Dan, I don't think they put you in that spot. You know, uh, uh, you're part of TRD. I don't think they put you there on accident. I think uh, you probably created the opportunity and. Uh, you know, your accolades and all the successes you had, you put yourself there. So, uh, you know, go, you know, talking again, uh, you know, they don't, they surround themselves with good, good quality, smart people. And that's why on every, each and every weekend you see a, uh, a Toyota vehicle pulling in the victory lane, whether it be the truck series, Xfinity or cup, you know? So, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and I appreciate I appreciate the kind words, David. That's very kind words. I, uh, um, I, I, uh, um, we have the avatars that we use on our on our chats, and um, when we're talking, because I'm constantly talking with the crew chiefs during the uh, during the race and the engineers during the race, and with the avatars there, you know, I ask them. I said, make sure you put your car number, so I know who I'm looking at. And, or as live pictures and stuff. And if you look at my avatar, it is um, Forrest Gump because that's what I feel like. I've been I've been in so many great situations. I feel like the Forrest Gump of NASCAR, where you know you just you, you turn around and there's Bear Bryant. You turn around, you know, and there's President Kennedy or whoever. You know, like the like the Forrest Gump story. And that's kind of the way I feel. Um, yeah. I've been around forever and, and just got to be around a lot of cool people. So. Kind of the first gump of NASCAR. That's, that's my favorite movie. So I guess <laughs> your NASCAR life has been like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> you, so mentioned, you mentioned the development program, uh, Joe Dan, and I, I think this is fair to say. I don't think I'm saying anything controversial here. 
Toyota has been the best development program in NASCAR for the last several years with all the talent that you guys have put through there and even produced just for the sport, even beyond Toyota that we've seen go to other manufacturers. It's just been phenomenal. What is it that's attracting you guys to get these top racers to come through your program? Is it what you guys are offering? Is it the drivers coming to you? How are you guys bringing in this top talent? Well, we, we depend on Tony Stewart to pass to, um, put that stuff out there. Okay. I don't know if you've heard that story about Tony Stewart with us and um, him making the article earlier this year about that we're ruining kids' careers. So I didn't know if that was, I'm sorry. Y'all, y'all hadn't heard the Tony Stewart story. That was a jab. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, anyway, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's really incredible because we're seeing, we, we've got a guy that goes around to the, uh, midget races, the late model races, that, and um, we're um, constantly keeping track on, on people around the uh, around the country, kids, and I mean literally kids. Um, Jesse loves one that uh, uh, last year he won the ARCA champ, I think ARCA West or something like that championship in uh, um, at Phoenix, and uh, we've actually been keeping track on him for two, three years prior to that when he was just, uh, he was whipping everybody's butt in late models out on the West Coast. And Jack Irving, our, our guy that keeps up with it, you know, he told me about Jesse with that. And uh, Gracie Trotter's another one that uh, has really done good out of Houston. Um, you know, so we try to keep track on a lot of people with that. And not all of them make it. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough deal. Um, but you, you turn around and you look at it and um, – Two of the uh, two of the uh, Hendrix drivers right now. I'm just thinking of two of them. Let's see who's the other one. We got uh, we got Bowman and William Byron. Both of those are Toyota development drivers. Okay. Um, then uh, Kyle didn't come through it, but he races Toyotas. At Kyle Larson, he races Toyotas in the in his midget. Um, you know, so there's a lot of those guys that come through our thing. But you know, even more than that, and um, it's it's kind of funny because not only do we create drivers and we create good drivers, but good people. Okay. Um, and that's one of the things with coach Gibbs, but also if you turn around and you look at the pit boxes, Todd Gordon, Paul Wolf, both of them came through our program. That's two wow. Penske top guys. Wow. Um, Ru Rudy Frugal, uh, Cliff Daniels from Hendrix. Both of those came through our program. So we have crew chiefs that come through also. Um, Rodney Childers, when he went to Harvard, that was one of his big things. He went over there to Ford, and then he goes, y'all are doing it wrong. This is what we need to do, and based it off of what, what he learned with Toyota at MWR. Um, you know, so we, we're touching um, so many people in the sport, not only drivers, but crew chiefs and team members, and that and changing the way that people look at the sport. It's really, uh, you know, an honor to be part of it because of the way our approach of it and the way that we try to um, try to make sure that it, we don't, you know, we know we don't have a place for everybody, but it doesn't matter. If you're there right now, you're us. And here, that's, that's what we want to do. Joe, Dan, you mentioned Arkansas earlier. So I got a football comparison for you. <laughs> All right, you, guys, you guys are Alabama. Alabama football is what you are. You get the best talent. They come through your system. And not everybody's good enough. Some guys miss the cut. Some guys transfer 
and find a great home elsewhere. Right. And it didn't work out. But you know what? They still got another opportunity to go be an All-American or something you know, like that. I mean, it's not – I don't fault you guys at all. This is what I would counter to Tony Stewart in saying that, hey, it's not your fault that you guys – are just the best recruiters out there, that you find the best talent. That's not your fault. You guys are just doing your jobs. You're better at it than anybody. Yeah, and, and that's just it. Our guys do their job. Our guys do their job very well. Um, you know, and, but also with that, we give them the tools to succeed. Right. You know, it's, 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 it's a whole deal. It's a, it's a package thing. We find great people, but also on top of it, um, you know, we make sure that we're – and we don't treat anybody any different. We've got a group right now, um, Sam, Hump, Sam Hump Hunt Racing um, in Xfinity. Uh, this is their first year, and we're trying to um, give them everything that Joe Gibbs Racing gets. Um, um, in the truck series, uh, Bill McAnally Racing, same type deal. And Bill McAnally came in last year, and they had a, a young kid, or they have a young kid by the name of Derek Krause, and um, Derek sat there and uh, barely missed the playoffs. In a, in a bad year for us in trucks, he was um, – I think he missed the playoffs by about like five points um, last year as a rookie. Um, but we treated him just like anybody else and gave him the same chance that we gave everybody else. And it's, uh, it's like I'll say about two of, my, two of my favorite crew chiefs that I've worked with. And when I say my favorite, it's because of the way they use the resources – is Adam Stevens and Paul Wolf. Those two guys would listen to everything he had to say. They would absorb everything that anybody in our system told them, but they were smart enough to understand what to take and apply and what to throw out and not use. You know, and that was just it. They were the open-minded guys that, that would listen, but also they were smart enough to use it like a, like a good coach does. You know, he's sitting there listening to all his assistants, He's listening to all his players, and then he's figured out how he wants to apply them and to be successful. And that's that's where those guys are, you know. And yeah. and that's probably one of the most impressive. And that's what we try to do. We try to give every single team, no matter who they are, everything we possibly can and see how they're able to use it. Because out of that, you're gonna find that you're gonna find that grain of sand that's gonna come into a pearl, you know. Um, heck, Eric Jones, outstanding talent, um, great driver. He got his deal because he went down there to the snowball. KB, Kyle Bush is running the snowball derby. Kyle's um, leading it. Eric comes up there, pressures him hard, burns Kyle's tires off by pressuring him that hard. Eric cools back down, comes up, beats Kyle, and wins the snowball derby. Kyle gets out of his car at the ends of it. Doesn't go congratulate him, or I don't know if he did or if he didn't, but what he did do was he went and got his phone. He called Ed Laucus, which is my boss's boss's boss, and uh, told him, um, I found your next deal right here. You got to sign this kid. And he turned around and he won a truck championship. He almost won Xfinity championship and did great for us in Cup. And, um, you know, with the next-gen car, there's no telling where he's going to be at in the future. Um, he's just he, – he, he's one of those – Smart kids, it's a good racer, and that was nothing more than that. And so you got feelers out there. The same way, the same way a high school coach is going to get his butt kicked by somebody, and then call the college coach up and go, "You got to look at this guy. Absolutely. Okay, he's the deal. He's the real deal." Same type thing, you know. 
So, so let me ask you then, uh, with bringing in David here to the equation, uh, I mean, this is not breaking news to anybody, but David, I mean, he's not you no know, young pup or anything. Um, really? Is, <laughs> what do guys like David bring to TRD? David's driving Toyotas. What do the veterans do? I know David's working with some younger guys there at MBM and such. What do the guys like David bring to the Toyota program? You know, the experience level that the people guys, first of all, first of all, all right, let's say, let's say what we've got coming up here in June, okay? We're going to Nashville. We hadn't went to Nashville in since 12, okay? So we've got a bunch of kids that have come on the series since the last 12 years. David has raced there, okay? So now you've got somebody like David and the kids around him and the people like that. They look for the veterans of, hey, what I need to look for here? What I need to do? David's going to turn around and tell them, don't overcharge the corner. Roll the center of the corner. That's the key to this place, you know. And that's where those guys come in. The other thing is, back to the crew chiefs, okay, back to that, he's going to sit there and go, all right, guys, this is what we got to make sure that we focus on for the car to be able to do during this event, okay? So with the, the experience level, the experience is the key. It's like what I was talking about with uh, the three different surfaces of Bristol earlier, okay? When you have that experience, you get to translate it and transfer it to other people. And where you got somebody like David – um, like that in a group of kids, which is what we're racing with today, you've got somebody you can lean on. I, I'll be, I mean, heck, even when Bowman was coming up um, and those guys, there was a many a day I told him, I said, have you, have you went over and talked to Kyle? I said, what do you mean if I went and talked to Kyle? And they said, go ask Kyle what it'll do. And they're like, oh, wow, I can do that? And I'm like, he's a Toyota resource. Okay. Um, you know, go talk to those guys. That's what they are. And that's where people like David that have the experience that can do that. That's, that's a value of them. Everybody has value, man. Man, just listen to Joe Dan talk, just talking about the Bristol service. I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I ran on Bristol when it was asphalt and it was a bump and run, man. You got out of that low <laughs> lane, man, you lost 10, 15 spots, you know what I mean? And, uh, and then next thing you know, they concreted it, you know what I mean, and gave it multi-lanes, you know. But, uh, man, what a great racetrack. Man, Joe Dan, it's so good to hear. I mean, just love hearing the insight how Toyota works and all the opportunities it's given to a lot of young kids, not just young kids that have so much driving talent, but just the crew chiefs and everybody. Toyota's really done so much for our sport. It's amazing. And the best part is they moved to Texas now. Okay. <laughs> absolutely right two minutes from my house man two minutes there from you my go. house there you go man and you talk about a facility Woo, man it's beautiful god it's yeah beautiful. yeah that's my a neighbor, campus isn't it absolutely my neighbor my neighbor works for toyota my neighbor across the street works for it seems like everybody in frisco texas works for toyota pretty right. cool company man pretty cool company you know and, go ahead Oh, just, just want to ask you here, too. I mean, certainly you're traveling every weekend, 10 months out of the year. You're on the road, different states, different places, different racetracks. But what does the NASCAR offseason look like for you? What does the day-to-day -day look like for you? Does anything change? or How does that all look for Joe Dan? You know, well, right now, uh, to be honest with you, um, since the pandemic hit, um, I haven't been in the office full-time since March. Every week when I travel – I go on a two-week quarantine out of the office. The office has been shut down except for, uh, you know, our rigs that run. We have certain rigs that run in there. 
Um, so uh, whenever it was coming in, I remember last year at Phoenix, uh, getting ready to go to Atlanta, we started hearing about this deal. So um, when I got back to the office, they told me, they said, take care, take all your equipment home. So I'm sitting here with my laptop. I've got dual monitors up here, raised up desk, um, everything. And this, this has been in my office for that. So in the off season, I'm doing all my uh, turnaround work and my prep work for the following uh, year. Um, I do a lot of wrap up stuff, uh, do my race history. Um, the background work that we do of each race is incredible. Um, so anyway, just trying to organize that and get it where it's going, uh, ready to apply for the next year. And then I start doing my reports. Like I said earlier, I'm uh, working on Talladega. We just raced, um, what well, Bristol was race seven for the, um, cup cars. And I'm working on race 10 right wow. now, um, doing some stuff for there. So, you know, you always try to stay ahead. Um, and I've, I've been very fortunate. Uh, I've been married to a young lady since 1986. Um, she's stayed with me through this whole deal. And each week, me being gone, she's raised uh, two kids. Tanya's been incredible. Um, raised our two boys up while I'm on the road, because I've been on the road since 85. Um, you know, so with that, it's just uh, very blessed to have this, the support of my, my kids and, and my wife and that. Um, but, you know, it's just like this morning, um, for example, I got up, I did race lap summary for the trucks. I did my uh, points for the trucks in a um, um, cup, um, worked on a Talladega report, like what I was saying, and then listened to the race review from the weekend from, the, from uh, California. Um, you know, we're just like y'all with the Zoom. We're doing uh, Microsoft Teams and and uh, doing the meetings like that. Tomorrow I'll work on uh, Kansas. Um, I'll start on my Kansas truck stuff. So, you know, even when I'm not on the road, uh, I'm constantly working here at the house. Um, I'm about a 13 handicap golfer right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I try to work on my golf game. I do uh, – me and my wife, we get up each morning at um, – uh, right at four o'clock and uh, go run in the morning um, and then come back and we you know and that's our time of day because we get up we run at four we meet back here about five five thirty we have coffee um, she's a paralegal so we'll spend an hour today an hour together and that's really been our secret we've always made time for each other and we stay best friends it's hard to keep a family together during during uh, doing the job that I do and she's an incredible woman for being able to stay with me all these years. Oh, that's, uh, that's, that's great. That's um, yeah, so I, Dom, I don't know if I answered your question there or not, but. Uh, you, did, you did, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> that's fantastic. So, it is so, episode number 18 of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. We are presented by Whataburger. Stop by Whataburger for a hot, a hot, I can't even read. Stop by Whataburger for a hot, hearty breakfast. Any morning or late at night, they're serving up breakfast from 11 p.m. to 11 a.m. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What a burger. Joe, <laughs> Dan, I got to ask you, when we've talked about these changes with the, the pandemic and such, you mentioned your role. You've been out of the office for a year. What about the, the practice and qualifying limitations that we've seen? We went all last season, uh, once we returned to racing without practice and qualifying, we've seen 
a little bit of it in 2021. How has that changed things for you guys? You know, for us, it's it, first of all, I want to say it's a double-edged sword because the bad part about this whole thing was no fans. Okay. And that's, that's absolutely been the worst part of it. I, uh, I think Daytona um, road course last year was the first time that we had fans around us. In the, in the, we were still in the bubble. They keep, they keep us in a separated bubble each week away from the fans. But uh, last year at Daytona, just looking out and seeing the fans and the campers and all that stuff was incredible. <clears throat> and it was great this weekend at Bristol looking up in the stands and seeing the people up there. But um, with that, for us, it actually plays into our wheelhouse. Okay, for not having the practices and not having the um, uh, qualifying, the qualifying is a little tough because you know if you have a you have a instance like it's just like Martin yesterday, um, he's sitting there running second, and third, last restart uh, ends up having a, a tire cut down and finish, finishes nineteenth, um, and that's going to determine where he's going to start next week at uh, Martinsville, so that's kind of a, a, a rough deal for him. Um, you know, so having a qualifying makes it where you're not depending on your last event as much. Um, it's helped with the budgets of the teams. Um, a team like Sam Hunt Racing, the new team, they're not spending quite as much money. Bill McAnally um, and even Thorsport, KBM, those guys, they're not spending quite as much money because they don't have to have the backup truck each week. Uh, when you have practice and you have qualifying, you got to have a spare truck on the hauler. So, you know, and that's a big expense. So it's a little bit of a benefit for those guys, but also with that, um, the programs that we have and what we help the teams with, the majority of them um, were able to make sure that when they drop the rag, you know, when they, when they bring out the, the green flag, that the cars are right for the most part. Um, I think that was one of the things that got Kyle last year. He went on a long streak of no victories in cup. And um, I'm not hundred percent sure it wasn't the simple fact that Kyle and, and mm -hmm. Adam are wonderful, are really good people at tuning a car and doing the fine tune on it. And um, you know, that next level and they were using that first run to make that adjustment that they'd normally make in practice off the, off the, uh, you know, the simulation. So um, it put them behind the eight ball a little bit because they had already used up that first run uh, where everybody else was making their, their change from the, from the previous 30 minutes on the track to the next. Um, so I think that might've hurt them a little bit, but all in all, all of our cars, they're, they're, they're unload. They're not on the splitter. They're not having a huge issue there because of what we do uh, with the simulation and the pull down rigs and that. So it, it, it's not a, it's a bad thing because of the fans and the crowds. Don't get me wrong, but the budget it saves, it plays into our wheelhouse. It helps the teams out and we're able to uh, strive with it, you know, and, um, and, and it, it was a, it was a, a, a method or, or you had to, you had to get an understanding of what you were seeing there. Okay, but I think everybody's adapt to it, you know, and you play the cards that are dealt you and, and make the best out of it. And I think that's what we're, we did, and I think that's what we're doing right now. So it's absolutely, I think with what TRD, what, what you guys give the racing teams and, and the 
all, all the technology and, and you talking about the pull down rig and just all the stuff that that all the tools that Toyota gives its crew chiefs and teams and to unload at the racetrack and be as good as you guys are. It's really a testament to just the TRD, the people involved, the drivers, the crew chiefs, the engineers. I mean, the simulation, it's amazing how good the Toyota teams are when y'all unload and there hasn't been any practice and man, and how good the cars are right off the track, right off the truck and trailer. You know what I mean? It's just amazing. Yeah, I gotta I gotta tell a little story on David there. Um, so David came over and spent a little time at the office a couple of years back, um, running our simulator, and he got in there. And I think I think he was at a road course, but if y'all could see that cabinet behind him off his right shoulder there, how green it was. That's about how green he was when he come out of there because uh, it's it's. You know, the young guys, they adapt to it pretty quick, but uh, some of the older ones, they're, they're, they might struggle with it just to tick. They fell in that category. So. <laughs> I was glad to learn because, man, I was bad at myself, but I was glad to learn that I wasn't the only one. And us older guys, <laughs> you know, man, this guy, man, the Toyota simulator is – I mean, you can't imagine. You can only imagine just hearing Joe Dan speak about TRD in general. And But, man, their simulator is so spot on and it's so real. But, man, David, I just – David, I, I, is, it a, is it a simulator or a simulator? Simulator, absolutely. <laughs> but, man, it was – it was amazing, you know, but I could run about five laps and I needed to make a pit stop and go visit the local, you know, the closest trash can, you know what I mean? But I was glad to learn that I wasn't the only older older driver that had that problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you uh, you fell into, uh, you know, with some um, Hall of Famers in there. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Joe, Dan, let's, let's – uh, we get, we got a little bit of time, I, you know, I – there's so much to talk about. Uh, share with the folks, share with everybody, man. Tell them how cool, I mean, for a kid like me growing up in Houston, Texas, just loving NASCAR racing and being part of Meyer Speedway. Talk a little bit about your dad because he was such a, such a interesting, great race car driver that everybody knew growing up. You know, you mentioned H.B. Bailey. If you knew anything about racing, you know, you everybody knew who H.B. Bailey was and uh, man, Almeida Auto Parts and just, man, your dad, I don't even know when his first cup race was. It might have been 1960, 1959. I don't know, but man, I just know that your dad was just, they don't, us race car drivers, there's no H.B. Bailey racing in NASCAR anymore, man. Your dad worked on his race cars I mean, he, he drove him to the racetrack. I mean, he he could do it all, you know what I mean? And he'd get in his race car at a racetrack and race good, run good, you know? So tell the people a little bit about your dad, man. What an impact he had on your life and a lot of others as well. Oh, yeah. Dad was um, – well, you know, we had a wrecking yard there on the south side of Houston, Almeida Auto Parts. And when you looked at it, it looked like any old wrecking yard there. But when you um, – you went through a side door – and when you went through the side door, then you got over into the, where the body shop was. And then the back part of the body shop, there was another door and you went in there. And now you're looking at a, you think of a typical Texas junkyard, right? And you go in that next one. Now you get in that back one back there and there is um, red uh, 
plex, not plexiglass, polyurethane floors throughout. Um, the whole place is just immaculate. It had one of the, uh, it had a dyno that we got from Cotton Owens. It was one of six in the world. AJ had one. Uh, Home and Moody did, um, you know, from that. And it was just an incredible shop. Uh, you'd go in there and you'd see um, some of AJ's guys working in there. Um, it was, you know, one of those deals where he was just a, a hardworking guy, started out running a record service and auto parts over there and ended up making friends with people, you know, of uh, Richard Childress and Junior Johnson and, and that. And, um, I remember pictures when I was a kid of a Liberty Bell race that happened out there at uh, Myers Speedway. And, um, you know, Jabe Thomas and Cecil Gordon and Frank wow. Warren and all those guys coming over to the house. And we had a swimming pool and they come over to the house for a barbecue. Um, you know, Dad, um, a lot of people gave the credit to, to Del McCoward, but Dad had that saying because um, he would. He, he would go out and he would race all day. He would work or he'd, he'd work in his, his wrecking yard. Then at night we'd work on the race cars. And then at the racetrack, we, we'd go and we'd work hard all day long. Um, he had a bunch of guys that worked with him. Um, um, you know, we talked about Buzz earlier and David yeah. Jr. and those guys. You know, those guys, they'd work at the at the, the track all day and then go and uh, be in the bar all night. You know, it was nothing for us to <laughs> sign a $3,000 bar bill at the end of the weekend uh, where they'd run a tab up, you know. So, um, it, but – when it came down time to it, they, um, you know, they were spot on and, and did their jobs. And, um, you know, I remember, um, uh, dad, I was already in North Carolina at one point. Um, I was flying home to help dad with something. And the guy sitting next to me <coughs> was Herb Knapp, um, wow. an old junior Johnson, uh, crew chief. And, uh, dad had hired Herb to come down there and help him. Um, you know, so I got knowing him and, and just to be around those type of people and the type of influence that they had on me. And, and, you know, those guys made it fun for racing. It made it, I'm not saying I don't have fun now. I have a, I have a blast. I, I love it. Um, the competition level was great, but back then, um, you just enjoyed it. Fun. Fun. Yeah. Well, you just, didn't make any money. Right, okay. Right. Um, you, uh, you worked your, you worked your butt off all day long. Um, you know, it was, a it was a deal that you, you had to, um, everybody helped each other out. You'd go over to, to the union 76, uh, pumps and they'd give you free gear oil. They'd give you free oil for the engine. You'd go to champion spark plug, they'd give you free spark plugs. Um, you know, so it was one of those things that you always, you know, there was a lot of stuff that you did, but also, you know, back then dad was kind of a cutting edge kind of guy, because if you remember the old cars, the old cars had stickers all over the front fenders, right? And with those stickers, um, you'd get a pack of them and people would just put them on because they thought they had to have them on. So dad looked at it a little different. He'd go through it and he'd take the entry blank and he'd go, he'd go, all right, well, this guy here gives money to first, second, and third, but they don't give any money down the line. We're not putting that sticker on the car, that free advertisement for them. Um, this guy here pays 15th, um, a free set of gauges. We're putting that sticker on the car. I might get that, you know? So he, he looked at it from a business perspective also. He was very smart with that. Um, and he tried to, uh, tried to get, uh, uh, you know, make sure that he wasn't giving free advertisement. And, and then all of a sudden somebody come over and go, Hey, why don't you got our sticker on the car? And he goes, you're not paying me anything. 
what do you, what do you mean I'm not paid anything? You want to pay first, second, third? And he goes, all right, well, how about, uh, you know, I'll set you up with uh, shocks. And he's like, okay, I'll put it on. And then there you go. You know, so yeah. it was, it was that, and that's what you did back then. You, you had to work to survive, um, you know, to make it to the next show. Dad only ran about eight to 10 races a year. Um, we always went to Michigan. We went to Darlington, uh, went to Charlotte, went to Atlanta. And when Texas world was running, we'd go to Texas world, um, you know, and, and do that. So that was, that was his tracks that he loved. Um, but it was also nothing for him to bring his big barbecue pit out and feed the garage area of brisket, <laughs> uh, you know, just because he, he had that Texas hospitality. He wanted to go there and enjoy it, and he liked being around him. That was, we always say that was his hunting and fishing, and that's yeah. exactly what it was. It was what he enjoyed to do. And, it, and I think that's probably been the biggest influence on me is, you, you know, you walk through the garage area and, and people make the sarcastic comment, of how you, you ask them, how you doing? They say, oh, I'm living the dream in a sarcastic way. And I'm like, yes, you are. Okay, you can be working at the sock mill. You can be doing a lot of worse things. You are living a dream. There's 100,000 people up there in that stadium that would love to be doing what you're doing. Absolutely. Okay? You're, you, and, and that's one of the things that dad really made me appreciate was we are blessed to do what we do. You know, God, God is... Um, I don't know why. I guess he watched, watches out for the ignorant and the stupid. But he uh, um, has really taken care of the people, um, you know, that, that are there and, and they've dedicated their life to it. It's, it's been great. Um, oh, yeah. You know, so you appreciate it. Absolutely. I tell people I'm living the dream, Joe Dan, but I actually mean it when I say that. So. Right. <laughs> if, 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 if you mean it, you know, yeah. yeah. And y'all guys, you can tell for y'all to be doing a, a show this, you know, like this, um, for the extra stuff, you can tell y'all enjoy it. Okay. David, David doesn't have to do this, but he loves it. He's got it in his heart and he loves it, you know, and, and that's a difference. Um, people ask me all the time, when are you going to retire? You know, I've been doing this since 85. Um, when are you going to retire? And I said, probably when I'm dead. Um, because I love it. <laughs> you know, it's, Joe, David, it's, I get the same question, man. When, when have you had enough? You know, I said, Hey man, I'm, Hey, I'm still healthy. I still feel like I'm 20, and yeah. uh, I want to race as long as I can, as long as I have enough funding. Until they tell you not to. Absolutely. When I can't get sponsors no more and I don't think I'm competitive, personally, where I can't get in the race car and be competitive, then I'll look at doing something different. But until then, man, I, I'm, I'm blessed. I don't know why God has blessed all of us, but we're, we're all very fortunate, very blessed, and we all created the opportunity, and we've ran with it, and man, I'm going to run till it ends, you know, and uh, people ask me all the time, hey man, aren't you tired of racing? You've been doing it a long I said, no, I love it. I love it. It's like I pinched myself because I still can't believe that I'm a NASCAR race car driver, and they paid me to do something I would do for free, you know what I mean? So it's pretty awesome. Well, that's yeah. a great point to transition here as we'll get to our NASCAR news and notes segment in just a second. But first, a reminder that the folks at Whataburger cook up 100% pure beef burgers 24 hours a day. You can get your burger fix anytime, day or night at Whataburger. Proud to serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. What a burger. Dominic, what do we got going on this week in the NASCAR world? Well, one 
NASCAR champion is going to be honoring another a few weeks from now at the Darlington throwback race in the Cup Series. It was announced March 30th that Chase Elliott will be paying homage to 1992 NASCAR champion Alan Kulwicki with a throwback Hooters paint scheme. Same paint job that he won the 1992 championship with. He will be sporting those colors at the Darlington race. Hooters will also be stepping up and sponsoring for two additional races with the number nine team in 2021. Joe, Dan, we'll start with you. How cool is that going to be to see that uh, that Hooters number nine uh, on track there at Darlington? That's that's going to be cool. I've seen some um, uh, uh, artist rendition of it uh, earlier today, and they really did a great job of it. Um, and that's, you know, Alan was a special person, uh, uh, very smart. Um, Alan would have fit in the Toyota window. Uh, <laughs> uh, but to, to see that... Um, it's just, it's just neat. Uh, you know, he, he, he perished way too early in his career and, um, to see that car, it's going to be awesome. I, I love, there's nothing better than the Darlington throwbacks, man. I go there and, and, uh, um, the bad part about it is people are wearing the stuff that I wore when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) My my oldest boy is an engineer for one of the truck teams, and he uh, he comes over and he goes, "Hey, Dad, can I borrow this from you? You know, you still got this?" And I'm like, uh, "Yeah." And he goes, "I said why?" And he goes, "I'm wearing it on throwback." And I'm like, "Get out of here!" <laughs> <laughs> That's but awesome. yeah, the, uh, um, Chase, a good guy, being able to see him throw tribute to um, Alan is awesome. Oh yeah, and then the story too of the fact that you know he, he and his dad were. Uh, you know, Alan and, and, and Chase's dad were going for the championship that year of that car. I mean, that's, uh, that's too cool. And, and yeah. if Hooters and everything, uh, David, we'll go to you next. I like Hooters. They got uh, great food. Yeah, they do got great food, no doubt about it. <laughs> Not as good as Whataburger, but it's oh, no, good no. food, you know. But, uh, man, you know. It's quite the sight to see. Absolutely. It's a sight to see, that's for sure. But, man, Alan Kowicki. I mean, I, I think about Joe Dan, you know, he's, he's obviously engineering technology and what Joe Dan brings to the Toyota race development as a whole and the role he plays in, the, in their overall success. I think of Alan Kowicki and when, and you know, that was before my time, but as I studied the sport and watched him on ESPN and watched him win a championship in 92, watched him win the races and read about him, you know, what, you know, like I heard Jay Dan talk about, you know, that he was something special because he was special. He was his own engineer. He engineered a lot of stuff. And Joe Dan can probably elaborate more about that. But he worked hand in hand. He was like the engineer. And Paul Andrews was the crew chief. And that engineering mindset that he brought to his own racing team, I mean, look what the success they had. And I think that was kind of like, the first time that the engineering, you know, auto racing, NASCAR has always been engineering, but the first time a driver, uh, you know, he was an engineer. I don't know what type of engineer it was, but man, it was impressive to see what they did together and to have Chase Elliott, you know, do a throwback to then. I think that's pretty special, you know, because of what Kawicki and, and his dad, Bill Elliott, man, they were, that was a big rivalry. And you know what happened the 1992 season. But, uh, but man, I, I just think that's cool. And, and like, like we all say, it's just a shame that 
you know, it's it's just a shame that his his life ended so soon. You know, he he had more races to win and more championships to win. You know, so uh, such a great sport, but some tragic stuff that happened in it as well. Yeah, yeah, David, on on that same thought, because um, you know, I worked with Paul Andrews over there at the Penske Cranifus, and what you just said there about how much of an engineer Alan was, and I don't know much of a, I don't know how much his stories ever went out. But during that Atlanta show, when Alan and, and Bill were um, cutting it close and it was going to end up being a very tight one, it ended up being, a, um, I think, a six-point or something like that. Yeah. <clears throat> well, we used to get X amount of points for leading the most lap, X amount of points for leading a lap. Right. So there was a green flag run going three-quarters of the way through that race, and the nine, uh, the nine had already pitted, and so they knew they were going to have fresh tires – but the uh, uh, the seven of Allen was still out there, and Paul was getting ready to call him in. And Allen said, no, I got to stay out for two more laps. And when he did, he locked in when he uh, leading the most laps for that race, which changed the pace and got him the five extra points. Allen's doing that from the cockpit, which Man. I thought was incredible. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, and, and and Paul confirmed that, you know, but I mean that was that was how much he was tuned in on what we needed to do. He uh he knew that he needed to have that for the for the lap count to lead the most laps that day and uh and end up winning the championship from right there. Um, you know, and, and we uh we ran against Allen in eighty six. I was working for uh, Dick Bear Racing and Michael Walter was a driver. And uh, so we ran for rookie of the year against Allen. Allen had that Quincy's deal at that time. And Michael had the wine punch deal. And uh, that was the whole thing. Everybody made a, a big deal about Allen only having one car and, and uh, uh, you know, one engine. And he ran the whole series like that. And um, which wasn't true. He had two cars. But anyway, uh, the media blew it out. A you true insight here. Yeah, yeah, you hear, you know how those media guys. Are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, anyway, but um, he did an incredible job with that. And, um, uh, the one thing I always remember about Allen was uh, there was an old announcer up at Richmond Raceway um, named Ray Melton. Ray Melton was a true Southern gentleman. So with that, um, Allen was out there in practice, and he spun his car out and backed it in the wall. And uh, Ray Melton comes on the uh, uh, comes on the big the PA and he goes he goes there's Alan Kowalki from Milwaukee using <laughs> up a set of the Goodyear Racing Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, man! Oh man, that's wow, that's a good story right there, Joe Dan. <laughs> yeah. wow. Before we get out of here today, time for our Ask David segment. We ask you to submit questions to us on Twitter at Star Podcast, Facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, also by email, David Star Podcast at gmail.com. That's David Star Podcast at gmail.com. First question comes from Twitter at Ron Norm 11 writes, What do you do with your driving suits? Do you keep them? Do you give them to f- the friends and fans or donate to charity which ones are your favorite that's from uh, gary norman uh david what do you do with the old suits man that's a great question gary i uh you know i was just uh <clears throat> i was over at the speedway with one of my sponsors mark tate knows a t-top manufacturing and he invited me over to the texas motor speedway 
yesterday uh, to go up into his penthouse there in turn two at Texas Motor Speedway, and he brought some customers. And man, we we uh, we watched the uh, the Bristol Truck Race and the and the Cup Race. And uh, Mark asked me, man, he had some uh, he's got some cool uh pictures and stuff and he said man it'd be cool to have one of your uniforms on a mannequin in, in my condo here you know and he said what do you do with your racing uniforms and i said man i have every one of them from the first one i had when i started racing bomber cars back in the 80s at big h speedway you know i've kept every one of them and my wife asked me say man we're running out of room the closets i mean i, I mean i have a lot lots of them uh you know and joe dan can tell you because it, any given any given season, I mean, you have different sponsors, and you got to have different racing uniforms. So I mean, it's not it's not hard to have seven or eight different uniforms, or, or maybe ten or more in a in a season's time, you know. But I have kept every one of them, uh, and to ask you to answer the question, which ones are your favorite ones? I mean, that's a tough one. I, I mean, I some so many of them have so so many meaning behind them. I mean. The uniform you was wearing wearing when you ran your first NASCAR race, you know what I mean? That's I have it. That's a special one to me to to make it to that level. Uh, when I won my first race, uh, the first major sponsor I had. I mean, it's just all of them have so much meaning to uh, to me, and uh, so uh, I keep them all, man. I have every one of them. But that's a great question. Okay, Joe, you got any uh, racing suits around? That's, you see that? That's, that's oh, see that up there? That looks good. Yeah, that's one of my dad's. Um, golly, uh, it's one of his suits from back in the, um, I don't know, a long time ago. Um, I've got <laughs> his, uh, the one suit that I do have that's downstairs that I've got put up was uh, a little trivia question for you. Who was the very first track record holder at Indianapolis Motor Speedway in a stock car? Oh, that was your dad because he was the first of like 80 some qualifiers that qualified for the 94 Brickyard 400. Absolutely. That's right. I have, I have that uniform downstairs. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, – um, I only have a couple of uniforms. Uh, my stuff, uh, as far as when I was going over the wall back in the 90s, I have my uh, – um, I think my championship uniforms from 93 and 94. Um you know, with that, I don't really have a whole lot of uh, different uniforms, but I have my dad's from um, the 94 at Brickyard. And, um, and then, like I say, some of my championship stuff from there. Um, I have uh, let's see. champagne bottles from 93 and 94, if you could see wow, them. Wow, Dale Arnhart, man. Championship with, with Dale Sr. Wow, that's pretty yeah, awesome that, right there, Jodan. That was his number seven there and that. Wow. Suarez's uh, championship and stuff like that. So I keep some memorabilia, but not a not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the stuff like that. I got a plaque with my rings over there. Um, I've got uh, a lot of my championship rings with that. So I think um, – been been fortunate along those lines. So really not cool. as not as many uniforms, but a lot of memorabilia. Uh, the hat true. right there is actually Eddie Gossage gave me that from uh, um, Texas Motor Speedway when Seabell won a couple of years ago. Nice, so. nice. We got uh, we got time for one more question before we go here. Uh, this one comes. <laughs> from, 
Ricardo in the email inbox. And Ricardo wants to know, guys, I really like the Bristol dirt race. I'd like to see more dirt races, but what tracks should NASCAR consider? What are some other tracks in mind? Uh, David, we'll start with you this time. What, what do you think uh, NASCAR should look into for other potential dirt tracks? Well, I mean, that's, that's you know, that's an interesting question. I, I, I really like what they've done with Bristol. You know, I, I would have never thought, you know, I thought that would go to Tony Stewart's track, Eldora. Or, you know, you look at the uh, Bruton Smith racetracks, uh, the Texas Motor Speedway, right outside the Texas Motor Speedway is a three-eighths mile dirt track. I mean, beautiful facility. You look at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, and across the street is a beautiful, beautiful three-eighths half mile dirt track. But I, I really I really thought it was cool when they brought dirt in and, you know, and took Bristol Motor Speedway with all that banking I mean, when they said they're going to have a dirt race there, I'm like, wow. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. The excitement level, not only for everybody in our industry, all the race fans. I mean, it was just a lot of anticipation on what that was going to look at, like and how that race was going to come off. And I think it was all a success. But, you know, I, I'd like to see uh, Bristol continue to have a dirt race. It'd be kind of cool to go to Eldora or go to Charlotte Motor Speedway, the dirt track there, or the dirt track at the Texas Motor Speedway. But it'd be kind of cool to to have another dirt track, a real dirt track that was built as a dirt track and, and bring NASCAR to it, you know? And yeah, I think I mean, the, the trucks are going to Knoxville, Iowa later this year. Right. Absolutely, and man. So, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah, so I just you? think it's cool. Yeah, how about you, Joe Dan? Uh, anywhere else you'd like to see uh, NASCAR try dirt racing at? Well, you know, this year Ben Kennedy and NASCAR has done a great job of uh, putting the dirt show on at Bristol. Um, they're taking the Cup cars to to Road America, um, you know, and we're starting to see we're starting to go back to some of these traditional tracks that we did. Um, so in that in that respect, um, you know, you're not going to go to the fairgrounds at um, at uh, <laughs> you know, Raleigh or anything like that anymore. But, man, if they could take the cup cars to Knoxville, that would be off the hook. Awesome. I would love to see that because <laughs> that place is so tradition. Um, Iowa fans are great. Um, and, and the other place, just being growing up there and hearing about the place forever. And I've never been there, but I've just heard so many stories about it. But when you talk about the Devil's Bowl, um, you know, places like that where you're, where you're running there, um, maybe up to the, uh, uh, the Magic Mile up at Syracuse. Um, you know, that's a good market with New York. You, you see those type places. Uh, the one-mile tracks, I've done one-mile dirt with ARCA before there, uh, um, the fairgrounds at DeCoin. So, you know, if you could put Knoxville in there, you could put uh, Syracuse in there, places like that, and do a, a combination show, you know, the sprint cars and the cup cars at, um, at Knoxville, the, the mud buses, the, you know, like Barefoot Bob McCready used to raid when I was a kid, and those guys um, up at the Magic Mile up at, uh, or whatever they call it, at uh, Syracuse, you know, that mile track up there. That'd be cool. Um, a lot of y'all guys might not remember when we first started going to Indianapolis, the ARCA cars would run on the Indiana fairgrounds there. And I remember watching Trader and Jimmy Spencer um, just – beat the snot out of each other on that mile track right there and, and on the outskirts of Indian. It was a great show. So that was, those would be, those would be great places to go. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. 
Do uh, Dominic, uh, you want to see Daytona on dirt, right? <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, I think yeah, I think Eldora would be a really cool venture for the Cup Series. I don't know if that'd be feasible anytime soon, but I think that'd be awesome. The Bristol Dirt Race, let's hope that stays on the schedule for a few years. Let's fill it out. And let's get a, a good sample size, maybe two, three races at least. But, yeah, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. I think Dave's idea of the dirt track outside of Texas Motor Speedway wouldn't be bad. Plus, David, that'd be a home race for you. Uh, no doubt about it. But I just, uh, you know, any, any cool dirt track, just to see NASCAR, you know, step out of our comfort zone and, and, and you know, what they did at Bristol is just incredible. I know, the, I know the race fans, there's a lot of good positive feedback from the race fans, and that's, that's exciting for our industry, and uh, I just think it's just going to get bigger and better. Oh, yeah. Uh, Joe, Dan, I think your video froze up on us, but that's okay. Uh -oh. We're just about uh, to just went to sleep. You got me? <laughs> uh, still uh, a little frozen there, but nonetheless, we're about to be done anyway. But, Joe, Dan, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, thanks again for stopping by. Remind the folks what you got going on and where people can follow along with what you got going, uh, Joe, Dan. Well, I'm just at the track. Uh, <laughs> look me up. Um, you know, I, I, I'm not a big social media presence. Um, I do um, coach JDB on uh, Twitter, um, but I don't really post a whole lot. Uh, you will see some of my stuff on uh, Facebook, just under Jody M. Bailey. I do a lot of uh, a lot of pictures there from the racetrack and talking about uh, what we've seen and do some old school stuff there. Um, but other than that, I've got Martinsville coming up with the uh, Xfinity cars, Richmond with the trucks. Um, you know, they ask me what my goal is each year, and I say to win. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. That's Absolutely. it, win. Okay. Win, races, win races, win championships, be That's done it. with it. Hey, there you go. <laughs> David, you're uh, back on track this week. What's uh, the next few days look for look like for you? Well, we don't. We uh, we're we got one more weekend off. Easter weekend, we're off this weekend. Oh, that's and then, right. Yeah. And then we then yeah. we head to back to Martinsville, man. I just, uh, man, I you know, growing up short track racing, man, I can't wait. You know, I just uh, racing at Bristol, Martinsville, man, that beating and banging, and uh, I'm excited to get back to Martinsville racing the Xfinity Series and uh, put our uh, our Toyota Super in the top ten and uh, have us a great finish. So. Uh, but uh, have a busy week, uh, rest of the week. Enjoy, I'm uh, going to enjoy the, the uh, Easter, uh, Easter time with my boys and my wife. And, uh, and then we'll get back to, get back to uh, uh, head back over to Statesville where our racing team is for a couple of days and get, get over back over to Martinsville and uh, looking, for, looking, to, looking forward to racing there and, and having a great finish. Yeah, that'll be great. And uh, Dom, what's going on with the racing experts this week? We'll, we'll continue to cover the sport and, any news that happens throughout the week and just looking forward to Easter this weekend with the family and having some family over at my mom and dad. So we'll have a great time with that. And Dave, I can hear the excitement in your voice for Martinsville. I remember talking with you last year after the Martinsville cup race and you were just so excited to be on track. I mean, you were even in the promo for the Martinsville cup race a couple of days ago. So, I mean, I know you're excited about getting back out there. Yeah, just it's just good short track racing. You know, you got to have a good car that rotates good in the center and got good forward bite, and just uh, it's just a great ride. I love them all, you know. So, uh, hey, Joe Dan, I just I can't thank you enough, buddy. Just your insight, and man, thanks for joining us tonight. The, the race fans going to love to hear your stories, and uh, we appreciate your time. Okay. 
No worries. Now, this was for, uh, what was that, a case of spicy ketchup, a couple of, a couple of Dr. Pepper milkshakes, and, and some jalapeno cheeseburgers, right? So oh, yeah, you ready. To, Absolutely. So what you're trying to tell me, when I show up at Marksville, I need to have some Whataburger with me. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, there we, we hey, That sounds like it. And don't Absolutely. forget that every Whataburger is made fresh, served hot and prepared, just like you want it. What jalapenos and cheese on that, like Joe Dan does? Well, no problem. They've got you covered. Whatever. Awesome. Serve it hot and fresh 24 hours a day. We'll put the checkered flag out on this edition of Let's Go Racing with David Starr. Reminder, as always, to subscribe to the show. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, YouTube. Leave us a five-star review. Hit that like button. We certainly would appreciate it. And you can follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash David Star Podcast, Twitter at Star Podcast, and via email, David Star Podcast at gmail.com. Have a great Easter weekend, everybody. We'll see you back here next week. So long.